you would please turn to the Bible to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, that's a New Testament book, a letter written by Paul in the middle of the New Testament. Today's a special day in the life of First Baptist Church of Fairdale as this is an ordination service. There are two sermons today. We promise that it should not be any longer than normal, but there are two messages today. First Baptist Church of Fairdale is an elder-led church, which basically means that we have multiple pastors that lead the church. We are Baptists, and that means we are uh, church-led. That means the people lead the church. Um, but the pastors lead the people, okay? And uh, that's the church structure that we have here. And today we are ordaining Mr. Matt McBroom to be a pastor in the church. That is a special thing, and you get to be a part of it. That's why there are two messages. The first message that I'm, that I'm doing right now is a charge to Matt. And so I'm going to have my eyes on Matt uh, most of the time this morning. It's a charge to Matt on what it means to be a pastor. That doesn't mean it doesn't apply to you all because you're a part of a church. And you need to know what pastors are and what pastors should be and what the Bible says about pastors and all that. And so you're to think about that. And then the next one that Josh Womble is going to come up and preach is a charge to the church on how we are to think about all of that. Then after both messages, uh, Jake's going to come up and, and say a few words. And what ordain means is to set apart. And so here, before all of you all, we are doing what the Bible teaches us to do. We are setting apart Matt McBroom. We've got a chair up here. We will sit him down, and we'll have the leaders of the church come and pray for him at the end of the service so that in front of all of you, you have seen that we have chosen and set apart Matt McBroom to be ordained as a pastor in this church. That's what's happening today. It's not a service that you all don't need to be at. It's a service that is all about Christ being Lord and uh, with, the, with the good evidence that not only is Christ Lord, but he's Lord over his church and he's working in his church and we, we praise God for that. So that's what we've got going on this morning. Glad that you all are here for that. We're gonna be looking at Ephesians chapter four. <clears throat> this past week, Val had our kids working on their Christmas lists. And you know how that goes. They're coming up with anything and everything. There's stuff that they've never even thought about as a Christmas present, but they found a catalog that came in the mail, and now they want everything in the catalog, and the list is a mile long. Y'all know how Christmas lists go. Val asked me to look over them, and she said, was there anything on that, that we maybe need to add, anything I could think of? I said, yeah, maybe some juggling scarves. She said, juggling scarves? What is that? I said, well, Val, when I was in the sixth grade, like JJ's in the sixth grade, I had a PE teacher at our school that said, is there any of you all who maybe would be interested in learning how to juggle? And I said, well, I'd like to learn to juggle. So I stayed after to learn how to juggle. And for the rest of that school year in sixth grade, she started with juggling scarves. And she taught me how to juggle. It took a long time to learn how to juggle, but I learned how to juggle. And to this day, I often think about Miss Helms. I've not seen her since the sixth grade. I have no idea where she's at or what she's doing. But I often think so much about Miss Helms and her investing in me for that year and how it is still an impact on my life. I still know how to juggle, and I want to teach my kids how to juggle now, right? All because of her. Well, in the faith, so much more importantly than juggling is being faithful to God, believing in him, knowing who he is, 
believing the right things about him, surrendering our lives to him, believing that he is the answer to life, trusting by faith and following Christ is so important. And I've also got a lot of people, former pastors, youth pastors, mentors, that I think about often of how they have impacted my life. God has designed the church for there to be pastors in your life that without a question are helping you grow as a follower of Jesus. Every single one of you should have pastors in your lives, starting here in this church and maybe even outside of this church, but pastors in your lives where you would say, they help me look to God. They help me understand his word. They help me recognize sin in my life. They help me repent and turn back to God. They help me be faithful to God. That's what you need. And so here today, it is a blessing that God has given us, Mr. Matt McBroom, to be that for us. Read with me, if you will, Ephesians 4. We're gonna read starting in verse one, but I'm actually only going to look at verses 11 and 12. Ephesians 4, verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might feel all things. Now listen to this verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. This is a very important passage in the life of the church. For it says right here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, that God gives pastors. God gives elders. It says right there that he gave apostles. We know who they are. The prophets, we know who they are. The evangelists, we know who they are. And then it says there, the shepherds and teachers. I got a little footnote in my Bible that says, shepherds means pastors and teachers means shepherd teachers. What it means there is pastors. I honestly think that those two words are describing the same person, the same office, the same position. There's some people out there that think that's two different things, but I don't think so. I think that's uh, the Apostle Paul telling the Ephesians that the apostles, we know what that means. The prophets, we know what that means. The evangelists, we know what that means. But the pastor is one who cares for the people, leads the people as they are described as, as like sheep, leads in that way, guards them, protects them, feeds them, uh, guards them, you know, all that sort of stuff. But they also teach. And so the pastor has a, has a unique role in that he is a teacher. The Bible says he has to be, but he is also one involved in the lives of the people. And so here we have a shepherd teacher, and it says that God gave them to the church, which means here today 
that we are to see a very unique thing about Mr. Matt McBroom. We are to see it as very high, very lofty, very serious, very important. That the Bible says here, God chose you, Matt. God chose Matt McBroom to be a pastor in this church. Now, there's a lot that goes into that. He's, he's been living for several years. He's been a part of different churches, been a lot of people to influence and mentor and all of that in his life. But in this time, here in 2019, it is God that chose you to be a pastor of this church. That's what the Bible says. God gives pastors to the churches. Now, we're to think about that in, in some neat terms, because remember, it is actually God who makes the church. The Bible says that. There's that big, strong passage that we, has, that we have where Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus says that. Jesus is the builder of the church. They are his people. The Bible says that he calls them by name. And when he calls his sheep by name, they hear his voice and they respond and they come to him. Salvation is of the Lord. When Jesus called his followers, he said, come follow me. They left what they had. They came and followed him. If you've ever come to faith in Christ, it's because God called you to repentance and gave you faith as a gift. God is the one who makes the church, builds the church, guards the church, works in the church, feeds the church, all that. But he does that with the pastors that he puts in the churches, which he also gives. Matt, you should see it both as sweet and heavy that God made you a pastor. Church, we should be thinking, thank you, God, for making Matt one of our pastors. Number one, God chose you. But number two, Matt, we chose you. And this should probably be sweet all the way around, I hope. Seriously, though, we, we chose you. You know, at this church, we take it very serious to study the Bible. You won't come to First Baptist Church of Fairdale for a Bible study, for a Wednesday night, for a Sunday morning, for Sunday. You can't even come to a football dinner here on a Friday and not get the Word of God. Everything we do here is about the Word of God. We open it, we read it, that's what we do. And if you start reading the Word of God, you will find very quickly that God is really strict and harsh about who should be a pastor. Now, I know that these days there are a lot of churches that have abandoned the Word of God, and so they'll let anybody be a pastor but not here. It's not easy to be a pastor in this church. You can ask Matt. Just a couple weeks ago, we asked Matt to be here on a Sunday afternoon, and we filled a room up downstairs of some of the people who have been following God for a long time and some of the people who have been studying the Bible for a long time, and we made a big semicircle of chairs, and we put a chair right in the middle, and for about an hour and a half, we drilled Matt with questions, both Bible questions but personal questions. I heard people ask him questions that you wouldn't believe they would have asked. They asked him questions about his heart, his honesty. They asked him questions about what he believed in the Bible. They asked him questions that were so tough, he had to say, I, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. He asked him, they asked him questions that were so uncomfortable that we probably wouldn't ask those questions in front of other people. We don't take it lightly to make a pastor here. Matt, we chose you. We read the Bible in 1 Timothy 3 where it says, qualification of a pastor. I want to read it to you. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer or elder pastor, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. He must be the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, 
He must not be quarrelsome. He must not be a lover of money. He must manage his own household well without dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone, listen to this, does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. That's just one passage. There's another one in Titus 1 that's similar to that, but a little bit different. We have read those passages. We have studied those passages. We have scanned our congregation. We have spent time with our people. And Matt, we chose you. That should be sweet to you, but it should also be heavy to you. We don't take it serious. We're not thinking, oh, he went to seminary. We're not thinking he comes here a lot. We're not thinking, oh, he's got good kids. We're not thinking things like that. We're thinking, who do we see that God is working in their lives and that person looks like a pastor that we can make him pastor and we chose you. That should be a blessing to you and that should be encouraging. God chose you and we chose you. Number three, God designed it this way. All right, God designed it this way and I wanna bring you back here to Ephesians 4. There's this big description about all the unity, y'all. Church is not to be complicated. Religion is not to be complicated. And if we've made it complicated, please forgive us. If there are other people out in the world, churches or other religions that made it complicated, then please forgive them or ignore them. And let's get back to the simplicity of it. Listen to what Paul writes in, in Ephesians. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. But, to, but grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Y'all, listen, there's only one God, and he communicates to us through his word alone. If you read the word of God, you'll understand what God is like. And he saves people by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. That's really what it's all about. That's really what it's all about. If anybody anywhere, no matter where you're at or where you're from, even if you're on that video, if you live right here in Fayetteville, Kentucky, no matter where you're from, if you will say, God, I need you, I need forgiveness, and you'll turn to him, he'll forgive you of your sins because what Jesus Christ has done. We baptize those two ladies this morning, not because they're special, not because they've hit home runs, not because they're the most religious people in town, but because they have come to believe they need God and the forgiveness of sins. And Paul writes to the Ephesians that it's to be simple, and here's how it works. When people start to follow Christ, they get involved in a church, and churches have pastors, and it says, God gave the pastors. Look what it says, though. Look what it says. God gave the pastors, in verse 11, verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. God designed it this way, and we should be encouraged by that. We should be thinking, this is cool. I get to be a part of a church. I believe in Jesus, and God has made it where there will be pastors over me that want to help me and want to lead me. God has made it that somebody like a Josh Green and a Josh Womble and a Jake Beatty and a Matt McBroom are here by God to help me follow Christ. I want to live my life for Jesus. I want to be a witness in the world. I want to love people, love my neighbor. I want to do good in the world. I want to help other people come to know Jesus. And guess what? God has designed it where if you're a part of a church, you will have pastors in your lives. God designed that. It's really, really a cool thing. I want to read this quote to you. If the church must recover anything in our day, it is confidence in the power of the word of God. Our Lord did not choose to save his people through innovative programs. Rather, he gave his word to the church and he appointed pastors, teachers to proclaim it to the people. 
God could have written the message of salvation in the sky if he had so desired, but instead, he has graciously ordained that his people will be a part of the outworking of his redemptive plan through their preaching of his word. It has pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Y'all, this is God's design. It is God's design that you would trust in Christ, you would know that that faith in Christ is strengthened by the word of God, and so you're a part of a church where there are pastors committed to your well-being, pastors committed to your soul, committed to your faith, committed to you turning away from sin and not looking like the world, committed to you believing in God and living as light in the world. And Matt, we chose you, God chose you, and now you are in this that God has designed, and we praise God for it. Number one, God chose you. Number two, we chose you. Number three, God designed it this way. And number four, we get the benefit of that. Number four, we get the benefit of that. Look what it says here in Ephesians 4. Verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. But look what it says next. And I hope you want this. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with, it is, with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. If you want to be mature, if you want to stop being childlike, if you want to be solid, if you want to know what you believe, if you want to be a part of the body that is building itself up in love, if you're frustrated by church and you want to be a better church, if you're frustrated by hypocritical people and you don't want to be hypocritical anymore, guess what? Be a part of the church where you'll have pastors in your life like Matt McBroom who will be used by God to help you grow into maturity. That's the way God designed it and we get the benefit of it. I'm thankful for that PE teacher, Miss Helms, back in 1992, who offered juggling lessons. And it's impacted my life ever since. And I'm thankful for churches with faithful pastors that's been impacting my life ever since. We get the benefit of somebody like Matt McBroom in our lives. We get the benefit of being a part of a church where we have good, godly, faithful pastors. Now, one of the things you learn, Matt, if you read the Bible, is that the Bible never talks about pastors needing to be awesome or special or good at things or anything like that. It doesn't describe that. It speaks to their character. It speaks to their commitment to the truth and to Jesus. That's what it talks about. So there's never a place, as it said, they cannot be proud, they cannot be arrogant, there's never a place where Matt or any other pastor should be high on himself. You should be encouraged that God chose you. You should be encouraged that we chose you. You should be encouraged that God's brought you into this design. You should be encouraged that God will use you to see all of us grow into maturity. For weeks now, we've been doing a Philippians 1-6 testimony where we have somebody come up on stage and we ask them some questions and they just, they give testimony about what God has done in their lives and 
week after week, we hear somebody say something like, I was growing up and I went to this church and I went and talked to the pastor. I was growing up in this household and my mom and dad used to talk to me at night about Jesus. We have seen that when people give their testimonies, they almost always say, it was that person. It was that person that God used. It was that person who told me. It was that person who loved me. It was that person who showed me the ways of God, the truth of God, the power of Jesus. It was that person that helped me get my life centered on Jesus. You almost always hear that when you hear testimony, don't you? Here's what we're thinking. Here's what we're praying. That in the future, we'll hear story after story, testimony after testimony of people saying, Matt McBroom helped me grow in Christ. Matt McBroom gave me a Bible and taught me how to read it. Matt McBroom called me aside and had a hard talk with me about how I was going down the wrong road. Matt McBroom held me accountable and said, I need to turn from my sin. Matt McBroom loved me, poured into me. Matt McBroom pastored me and helped me grow in my faith in Christ. Matt, that's the goal. God gives us pastors. God chose you. We chose you. God designed it this way, and we get the benefit of it. Matt, I'm thankful for you. So thankful for your, your wife, your children. And I'm thankful that this church has recognized, we had the vote several weeks ago. We asked the whole church if Matt McBroom should be a pastor in this church, and it was unanimous. That's a good sign. I'm thankful for this. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so very much that your word teaches us how church is to be. And God, we don't want to get it complicated. We don't want to make it messy. Father, help us with genuine sincerity to be humble and be about the truth. And yet, Father, with that, thank you that we see that Christians are to be growing through the instruction and leading of their pastors. And thank you, God, here at First Baptist Church of Fairdale, you have raised up Matt McBroom. God, I pray that you would use him to see many people grow maturity in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Just you stand and worship with us?
Let me invite you to turn back to Ephesians chapter 4. 
We'll be looking at the same passage that uh, Josh Green just preached about, but um, we're going to move it. Better? All right. Um, so I want you to turn back to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll look at the same passage. Um, we've already heard Josh preach to Matt this morning and, uh, and affirm that God gives pastors. And so for the next few minutes that, that we have, um, I want to I try to answer two questions for us, the church. And so number one, why does God give pastors? And then number two, um, how should we, the church, respond to that truth? Okay, so how do, why does God give pastors? And then once we understand why he gives pastors, how should we as the church uh, respond? And so if you would, if you're at uh, Ephesians 4, I'm going to start in verse 11 and read down through verse 16. Paul writes, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So as Josh has already said, God gives pastors to his uh, churches. We may find it a, a little bit uncomfortable to talk like that, um, it's a little bit awkward for, for me to talk like that and maybe for Josh to talk like that um, because we want to be, to be humble and, uh, and those sorts of things. But it is absolutely true, and, and we just read that in Ephesians uh, chapter 4. God gives other gifts to the church as well, of course. Um, we believe that God sovereignly and, and providentially provided each of the members here with the unique collection of spiritual gifts uh, that each one has for the purpose of meeting the needs of each of the other members here of our community. So we believe that every member of the church is a, is a gift that, that God has placed here specifically. But we also believe that God has provided and equipped and called out specific men in the church, in this church, to serve and lead his people as pastors uh, or shepherds. We've collectively discerned that Matt is uh, one, of those, one of those people. He is one such person. We spent a significant amount of time praying and considering and questioning and uh, discussing whether or not we thought God was calling Matt to be a pastor here. And as Josh has already kind of alluded to, after an extended uh, period, our collective discernment together as a church is that, yes, we unanimously have uh, believed that God is calling Matt to serve in this role. He was examined, he was, he was questioned, uh, by other pastors and ordained men in the church, um, and his calling and equipping was, was confirmed. So to the best of our ability, 
to discern the mind of Christ, we're convinced that God has called Matt to be a pastor here to our church. We're convinced that God has given Matt as a gift to our church. But why has he done that? What's the purpose of God giving pastors? And so I want to offer four reasons that God gives pastors to his church, um, and then uh, briefly three responses that we should make to that truth. So first of all, why is it that God gives pastors to his churches? Uh, The first reason is so that church members may be equipped for the work of ministry. We see this at the beginning of verse 12 in our passage, so that church members may be equipped for the work of the ministry. God does not call or provide pastors to do all the work of the ministry. That's not what pastors do. Pastors are also church members, and so as church members, uh, they also have a role to play in the work of the ministry, but as a pastor, in the role of a pastor, uh, that's not the, the, the role that God has, has placed. The church, the whole church, is to be doing the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry involves things like evangelism, uh, discipleship, um, teaching, service, leadership through uh, committee memberships. Um, even the work of the ministry even includes things like the way that we uh, perform and interact with people in other jobs outside the church, um, even as we uh, serve in, in, in different roles in our community and in our, in our workplaces. And so God uh, has called the whole church to do the work of the ministry, and God has provided pastors to equip the whole church for the work of ministry. This is the first reason that God gives pastors to his church, so that the church members may be equipped for the work of the ministry. The second reason we see in the second half of verse 12 and and in verse 13 is so that the the body might be built up. God gives pastors so that the church, the body of Christ, is, is built up. The goal of the Christian life is that we will be conformed to the image of, uh, of Jesus. In Romans chapter 8, Paul says that we were predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. And God gives pastors to his church in order uh, that his people would attain this goal. The way that, the way that Paul writes it in, in, in verses 12 and 13, he says, uh, For the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, And of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God has gifted to our church here, Matt McBroom, so that we might attain to the full stature of the measure of Christ. Primarily, he does that through teaching and and preaching as the Holy Spirit works through the word. uh, But also he does that through, through the examples of his pastors. So we're going to look in a few minutes about how we should respond to this, what we should do, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But God has gifted our church with Matt McBroom as a pastor so that church members will be equipped for the work of the ministry, and then secondly, so that the body of Christ is built up, that we might attain to the stature of the measure of Christ. The third reason is so that uh, church members might not be deceived. God gives pastors to his churches so that we, as church members, might not be Deceived. Look at verse 14. In verse 14, Paul writes, So that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Get the picture here of like a tumbleweed just being blown around by the wind. It goes wherever, wherever the wind leads it. 
And there's a danger that, that we would be that way, carried around by whatever new fad and new um, ideas are, are coming out in the world today. And, and God gives pastors to his churches to protect us from that. In Titus chapter 1, verse 9, uh, in Titus chapter 1, we read the requirements of, of what it means to be a pastor. And in verse 9, uh, Paul includes this as one of the requirements for, for a pastor. He says, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. And then here's why. So that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. One of the roles that a pastor has is, is teaching the truth, but also fighting against error. Think of a shepherd who provides the food that the sheep needs, but also protects the sheep from dangers that might come in. This is one of the roles that a pastor serves in, in his church. This is one of the reasons that Matt has given, that, that God has given Matt to us, that he might teach us the truth, but also that he might help to protect us from error, from falsehood. Paul says that, that, that he gives pastors so that we may no longer be children. Not be just carried along by the waves and by the wind. By cunning and by craftiness and deceitful schemes. There are lots of things being taught today uh, and, and presented today in the name of Christianity that are not Christianity. There are things being presented today in the name of Christianity that are about as far away from true biblical Christianity as they, as they can be. Some of these things include, include doctrine, what we believe about God, and what we believe about what God has done for us. Uh, some of these things also include, uh, include ethics, how we should live, and, uh, and, and what we should do in light of what God has revealed to us in his word. There are people writing books all the time, there are people preaching on TV all the time, preaching on the radio all the time, preaching on the internet all the time, uh, there, there's all these things that we might find that are claiming to be Christianity that teach us certain things about who God is, teach us certain things about how we should live that are, that are not. Paul says often these things are cunning and, and deceitful. Often these false ideas being presented in the name of Christianity are, are very cunning and very dangerous. Often it's difficult to see that they're false and, and anti-Christian. The Bible tells us, the Bible warns us that there will be Sheep, there will be wolves who come in sheep's clothing. People who are deceitful, people who are cunning, people who are, it's hard to discern. Many of these teachings have made their way even into, uh, into churches and, and even perhaps into our church, I'm, I'm sure, by way of, of books that you might be reading, as I mentioned, preachers you might be listening to or watching or, or maybe in, in other ways. And one of the reasons that God has given Matt to us as a, uh, as a pastor, as a, as a gift to our church, is to help us to not be deceived by such false and dangerous teachings. He's to teach us the truth. He's also to uh, guard us and protect us from, from falsehood. The fourth reason that God has given uh, Matt to us, the fourth reason God gifts pastors to his churches, is so that the church members may be able to build one another up. Uh, the first thing we saw is that pastors build up the church uh, but look at verses 15 and 16. Verses 15 and 16 say, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
So God gives pastors to his churches that, so the pastors might equip the church for the work of, uh, of the ministry, but also so the church might be built up to mature manhood to the measure of the fullness of Christ and that the church may not be deceived and carried along by false teachings. And a sign that all these things are being done is that the church might be able to build itself up. When each part works properly in the body, the church grows and builds itself up in love. God gives pastors to his churches to equip the members to fulfill their callings in, in Christ. God gives pastors to his churches, and he also gives members to his churches. And he's gathered each of us here specifically to this body to help meet the needs of all the rest of us. God's given Matt and the other pastors here to this particular church, to this specific church, because he's determined that we need leaders like Matt to help us discern and develop and to use the individual gifts that he's given us so that our church will be the healthiest it can be. And our church will not be fully healthy and, and, and functioning the best it can until each one of us, each of you, is using the gifts that God has given you for the good of our community, but more specifically for the good of our church. As we do that, we're building each one up. You're building me up. And we're building everyone else up in, in love. God has designed it so that when, when, when we covenant together, when we decide to join and connect ourselves to, to one another in his church, you're here to help me. And you're here to help everyone else here to be more like Jesus. You can only do that by using the specific gifts and the specific callings that the Holy Spirit has given to you. When we do that, each one of us grows into the likeness of, of Jesus, and, and the whole of us together as a body, as a church, is being built up in the love of Christ. God gives pastors that that might happen. God specifically has given us Matt McBroom as a pastor here to our specific church, to us, as a gift, because he intends to use Matt to make that happen in our congregation, in our body. God gives pastors to his churches so that the churches uh, might be equipped for the ministry, so the churches might, uh, might be, uh, so the body of Christ might be built up, so the church might not be deceived, and so that when each part works to build up the whole. So if, if that's true, if that's what Paul's saying here in, verse, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, then how should we, the church, respond to these truths? If this is why God has given Matt to us to be one of our pastors, then how should we respond to this? And there might be many ways that we can respond. You might have, have thoughts in your head already of, of ways that you can respond to what God is doing here uh, uh, this morning. I want to suggest three things. First, first thing I want to suggest is that we should recognize the calling that God has placed on Matt. We should recognize Matt as, as, as a pastor here. We've done this already corporately as a, as a body by discerning together and confirming that we think God has called Matt to be a pastor here. As I mentioned before, we took time to consider this and we prayed about it and uh, we talked to Matt and we examined Matt that, that day that Josh mentioned and, and unanimously we all together said, yes, we think that God is calling Matt and preparing him to be a, to be a pastor here. We did that collectively as a body, as a, as a church. Going forward though, we should commit ourselves, you should commit yourself to remember that and individually to act as if it's true. You should commit yourself individually to recognize Matt as one of your pastors. 
we're setting him apart today publicly and declaring that we believe as far as we're able to discern the mind of Christ that God has called him to be a pastor here. And so as, as such, he's as much a pastor as anyone else is here. He's as much a pastor as Josh Green is. He's as much a pastor as Jake Beatty is. He's as much as, uh, a pastor as, as I am. God has called him to be that, and we should recognize him as that. We should treat him that way and, and recognize the calling that God has put on his life. Secondly, we should follow Matt's leadership. We should recognize him as a pastor. We should also follow his, his leadership. Mainly the way that we follow Matt's leadership is going to be through his teaching and preaching the word. This is where his authority comes from, right? Pastors don't have authority over churches. Uh, the word of God has authority over, over churches. And the way that pastors exercise authority is by preaching and teaching and leading according to the word of God. And so we should follow Matt's leadership as he teaches us and preaches from God's word. We should also follow his leadership by his example as he seeks to, to live uh, God's word. We should f follow his leading in decision-making and, and in his service to us. If we believe, if we really do believe that God is calling him to lead us as a pastor here, then we should commit ourselves to faithfully follow him um, and, and follow God's leadership through him. We should recognize him as a pastor. We should follow his leadership. And then thirdly, I want to say that we should support Matt and his family as he fulfills his calling here. We should support him and his family in, in every way uh, that we can. Pastoring is a, is a joy, uh, but it's also a weighty responsibility. Often the weight of that responsibility can, can feel very heavy on a, on a pastor. We should follow what God says to his people in, in Hebrews. If you have your your Bible's with you still, turn to Hebrews chapter 13, if you would, please. I just want to read a couple, couple verses out of Hebrews chapter, chapter 13. Listen to what the Lord says in verse, verse 17. He says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Then he says, Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that will be of no advantage to you. We should seek to be people. We should seek to be church members. We should seek to be a church that, is, that it is a joy to pastor. We should seek to be people that it's easy to pastor. We should seek not to be a burden or not to cause anxiety or worry or distress on Matt as he's worried about our souls. We should seek to be people that it's easy to, to pastor. Look up to uh, same chapter, look up to verse 7. It says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. We should imitate Matt's faith, but one of the ways that we support Matt and his family is that we should remember him. And the other pastors here, but we're talking about Matt today. We should remember Matt and his family. We should remember them in prayer and seek to be easily led by him. Finally, pastoring can, can create unique burdens on, on families. So we should remember not only Matt, but also we should remember his family. We should love them. We should serve them. We should ex express thanks to them and, and express thanks for them. We should regularly and faithfully pray for them as well. 
God gives pastors to his churches so that the church is equipped for ministry, so that the body of Christ is built up, so that the church may not be deceived, so that each part works to build up the whole. We should recognize this calling on Matt's life. We should follow his leadership and example, and we should seek to support him and his family as he fulfills the calling God has put on him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much this morning for, uh, for the way you've set your church up. God, we confess and, 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 and rejoice in the, the goodness of how you've provided for us. God, I thank you that you've provided for us in Matt Mibru. God, I pray you'd help him to be a good pastor here to us. Father, I pray that you would protect him and his family from, uh, from sin, from temptation. God, I pray you would help him to fulfill his calling here. God, I pray you'd help us to make that easy for him. I pray you'd make, help us to recognize him as, as one of our pastors. Father, help us to follow him, follow his leadership. Lord, I pray you'd help us to, to support him and to be good church members to him and to his family. God, we pray that you would do that here among us, that we might all be built up into the image of Christ, that we might be protected from deceitful doctrines, de deceitful teachings. And Father, that we might mature to the measure of the stature of, of Jesus, our Lord, and that we might grow to the point to where we are naturally using the gifts you've given us and building one another up. God, I pray you would use Matt to do that. And I pray you'd help us to be a good church to him. God, we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.